This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, it's another great day at Author You, your guide to book publishing. And with me... Once again, is one of my very favorite people, Joel Friedlander. Many of you know him as the book designer. And he's also one of the smartest, savviest, uh, intuitive people I know on how to monetize, how to grab on to what some people think is a rinky-dinky fad and really identify it as this is the trend of what publishing is going. One of the things that Joel did that was so ahead of the mark years ago was the art of blogging and how critical it is to pound in, and I'm meaning pound in, your expertise and really round it out and grow your followers, your fans, and really become a spot in the market. So we're going to talk about blogging today, how you can take what you currently have, transition it, and morph it into something you hadn't imagined. And for those of you who are still kind of gazing at your belly button, wondering, do I blog or not? First of all, Joel and I are going to tell you, freaking yes. So with that... <laughs> Joel, welcome back to Author You. Well, thanks for having me, Judith. It's really great to be back. Yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you, all of you, Joel will be at the Author You Extravaganza here in a couple of weeks. So you want to get your tush there if you haven't already registered and take advantage of amazing three days. Denver in September is awesome, awesome. It doesn't snow, I can tell you. <laughs> and we can feel autumn coming here, Joel. Boy, can we feel it. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Yep, yep. It, you can just, it, the air is there. We can see the leaves. Actually, a hint, a hint of yellowing, golden coming in. It's actually Already? Wow. Yeah, we're a little okay. shocked. Well, I'm stopped. I, I can't wait to get there in September. It was uh, quite a bit earlier in the year the last time I was there. It was May, and we actually, last <clears> May, <throat> we had a foot of snow on the day it opened, if you can believe. Anyway, wow. so it's, you know, September, well, it's a transition. We'll probably, you know, it's going to be a little lighter this year, and then I think it'll be taking off next year when everyone gets used to the new time frame that we're doing things. But here we go. And hey, and hey Judith, uh, one of the things I'm going to be talking about at Author You in September in Denver is mm -hmm. blogging. And I'm going to be talking uh, in that session, and I've completely revamped this, one of my most popular presentations, and I've completely redone it uh, to bring it up to date. But, you know, what's, what's important about that presentation is it's all about getting traffic to your blog and this is you know the existential problem for bloggers because if you don't have any readers i guarantee you you're not going to make any impact at all well and then and here's the other problem because as you know joel it does take 
a little time to build them. It, it doesn't. It's not going to happen overnight usually, and that's and that's the problem. I think their expectations is, is it will happen overnight. They're going to have. If I put my first blog up. I'm going to have a thousand followers tomorrow. So there's right. No yeah, I mean that's do. that's uh, unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I post I posted my article, but I don't have any comments yet. You know what am I doing wrong? And and it's kind of it goes back to something, Judith, that you and I have talked about. Uh, extensively, it's kind of an extension of this whole idea that going from being a writer to being an author, someone who wants to make an impact in society or sell a lot of books or convince people of what you want to do, whatever it is, you need people. You can't do that with just the 11 people you know. You know, that's not going to be enough. So, uh, and we talk about this, you know, can how how can authors make the transition into understanding that there's a certain amount of business behind the publishing industry? That when you become a publisher, even if you're just publishing your own books, you're now a kind of a business person, and that's somebody who has to identify a market and then provide things that that market wants. Which makes it very exciting. I mean, I think it makes. It very <laughs> I think so. Yeah. 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 So um, that, that's what I, you know, we want to push everyone to go towards this and and show them kind of the, let's do, we can do baby steps and then let's do the explosive steps, especially for the people who, okay, so what can I, you know, I've been blogging and I've been doing this. And so what would you, first advice, Joel, would be, okay, so I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie. What should I be doing before I make mistakes? And then maybe we should look at, okay, I've been doing this, and maybe I've been making some boo-boos. What should I unscramble and then go forward with? How's that sound? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, infrastructure, basics, you know, uh, basic operations, uh, uh, that's very important that people have a, a pretty good understanding. And, you know, you don't have to understand every single part of this process to get started. You know, it's really important to actually start blogging because by doing it, you're going to learn a huge amount. You know, there's no substitute for that uh, kind of on-the-job training. Uh, but you do want to make sure you're following best practices. So let's talk about a little bit about that. Like one thing, one question I get a lot, Judith, and I bet you do too, is the whole question of where should I put my blog? Should I go over to mm. WordPress.com and get a free blog? Hey, that sounds pretty good. Everybody says I should be using WordPress, including Joel and Judith. They're both going to tell me to use WordPress. So what's the matter with that? And it's free. And I could set up a blog in five minutes, and I could be blogging this afternoon, and I'm going to have all those readers rushing in. And you got to put the brakes on right there because the first decision you make about where you're going to locate this blog, because the blog is an online uh, asset, that's, a, that's an important consideration. And my, my advice is uh, to go the other way. If you go to WordPress.com or you go to Blogger, Blogspot, you go to any of those free blogging platforms, um, yes, they are going to give you something for free. It's going to be fast and easy to set up. But the, the downside of that is you have very little control over your site, and you have no control over the, the practices that are allowed on that platform. So WordPress.com and all of these platforms have terms of service that you have to obey. Otherwise, they're going to take your toys away. 
And I mean, take them away. And our friend Joan Stewart tells a story often of how she started off blogger, and one day her entire site was gone because she violated some kind of term of service. Now, luckily, Joan had her stuff backed up, so she just moved and kept going. But I would hate to see that happen to anybody, including me. So I think it's a better idea to get your own hosting account. You, that becomes yours. You own it, your business, or your, you own it. And then put your WordPress blog on that self-hosted account. And how do you do that? That's pretty fast and easy to do. Uh, you could do this in under 15 or 20 minutes. And um, I would recommend that anybody at that stage go over to Michael Hyatt's blog, which is at michaelhyatt.com, and watch his, uh, he's got a, a, a video that he made showing how you set up a WordPress blog step-by-step, step, and it doesn't take more than 15 minutes. So at that point, you now have your, you own the property that you're blogging on. If you go on somebody else's property, you're kind of like what we call a digital sharecropper. You're doing all the work, but somebody else owns the land. We don't, we don't like that. We want you to own your own property. It doesn't cost very much. I think right now you can get a hosting account for about 5 or $6 a month. And uh, it costs about $10 to register your domain name, and that's the uh, name that your blog will appear under when people go search for it. So it's not very expensive, and that would I would say that's the very first thing that people should know, Judith. What do you think? I, I think so too. So you're saying go use WordPress, but make sure you own it. Is that the clarifying there? Exactly. And what you're going to find is if you go to one of the popular uh, web hosting companies, uh, I started off on Bluehost, which is at bluehost.com. Right. Very reputable, large supplier of hosting services, and they are recommended by WordPress as a great host for WordPress blogs. So if you get a hosting account there, what you find after you open your hosting account, there's a button that says install WordPress. You click the button, and the software is installed on your blog in about 10 seconds. You now have a WordPress blog that you own and that nobody can take away from you. You set up the terms of service, and you can go ahead with confidence that that's an asset of your business now. So, Joel, for example, I'm going to use me for example. I, I used to use Bluehost, and we had so many hacking, it was cuckoo for me, that we switched over to WP Engine, which we've had far less violations on. Actually, we've had none. But so my blog rests on my they, – they manage my website. That's where it's resting. And then the blog comes in on that. Is that what you're talking about, or is this another different step? Absolutely. This is the, you're, so you're using as a, uh, a – a web host or what we call yes. an internet service provider for that yep. site is uh, WP Engine, a site I also use. Uh, I use both Bluehost and WP Engine. And, um, you know, depending on your needs, when you're first getting started, uh, you, you may not need quite that robust hosting, but they're both right. great companies. I use them both. So you can check mm -hmm. them both out, see what the pricing looks like. Uh, now, you can also, on uh, Bluehost, you can also harden your sites in various ways. So I'm not going to get into that because it's kind of technical. But, um, you know, there is a lot of hacking. If your site becomes popular, you will get hacked. That's, I'm sorry to tell you that. 
but that's basically the <laughs> so, way it works. So it's if it's you the, have a it's, lot of traffic, it's the good news and the bad news. Site, good news is people yeah. love you. The bad news is they love you too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you have to take that into account. Talk to yeah. your hosting provider if you have problems. Or, uh, or I also keep the phone number of a WordPress technician on my phone. And I have a relationship with several people like that. And if I need help, I call them up and they help me out. And it really, that, that part of blogging does not occupy even 1% of your time. So I wouldn't pay a lot of attention to it. I'm just saying that you want to get, uh, you want to avoid uh, the hosting platforms and get your own site. Now, when you do that, you're going to have to get a domain name. Like the domain name I picked for my blog is thebookdesigner.com. So when you go to register that, you have to look it up to see if it's available. Like if you went today to see if the bookdesigner.com is available, it would say, no, it's not available. That's because I own it. So you have to find something unique that really does express something about, uh, you know, the topic that you're writing about. That's the best advice. Now, if you're a fiction author, uh, it, you're probably better off with a domain name that's your name. Uh, because you're going to hope to gather a large readership, and those people primarily are going to be searching on your name when they're looking for your new books or somebody just told them about you to get information about you and what books you publish, where they can be found, and other juicy background stuff that you want to reveal maybe to uh, increase the engagement of your readers. So uh, I do like the uh, domain name of your name. That could be very problematic for people named like John Smith, because that johnsmith.com, I'm going to bet that's already gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, think? Uh, Bill, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I run into that all the time. So then you got to get creative. You could have John Smith author, you know, uh, come up with something that's going to be unique and that you could register. Now, if you're a nonfiction author, you definitely want a domain name that includes at least one keyword relevant to your topic. Like my topic is book design, so I got book and design and book design into my uh, domain name. That's pretty cool because if you think about it, every time somebody wants to link to my blog forever, they have to put their anchor is going to include the words book design and book design. That's really good for me because every time somebody links to me with those terms, it kind of adds a little tiny bit of juice to my site uh, for search engines looking for answers on book design. So they're going to learn that here's this guy with this site over there, and a lot of people are linking to him saying he is involved in book design. That's a good thing. And, in fact, that, that among many other things I've done over the years, has helped me build a, a huge amount of search traffic to my blog. So, by letting the search engines know that I'm a good resource to get honest, authoritative, up-to-date, and expert opinions on the subject of book design. All right. So what you're what you're saying is that you have your domain, you know, which is well, yours is on uh, thebookdesigner.com. Your land, yep. your your blog lands on that, and yep. which I'm delighted to be a participant monthly and providing a blog for you. <laughs> and then, absolutely, yeah. Then you have a um, you have another domain with the name of the blog itself. No, no. The 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 blog, my blog, uh, the blog name is can be anything you want it to be. 
But I'm looking at the domain name of the site, the actual URL that you put into your browser to get there. So if you have yes. to type thebookdesigner.com. Now, if anybody wants to link to any article on my site, every article on my site, the, it's all over there. the URL starts with thebookdesigner.com and then it Forward goes slash, slash whatever. Yeah. Got it. All so right, let's, let's take a quick so break, I, Joe. I yeah, let's take a quick mini break here, and we'll come back and continue with this. This is Author You, your guide to book publishing. With me today is Joel Friedlander, and we are talking in-depth blog power. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author U today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author U on Twitter at Author U and on Facebook at Author U, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author U, where the author goes to become seriously successful. Every picture tells a story, and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover. Nick Selinger and NZ Graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors, independent and traditional publishers for years. He has developed a reputation for excellent work, fast turnarounds, and best of all, affordable pricing. NZ Graphics also produces ebooks and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. 
you are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we're back. We're all in the middle of blogging. The infrastructure is in place that I hope you have it really clear that this is not, um, you, you want to make sure that you're in the right place. So we all say WordPress, but it's got to be the right way you structure your WordPress. And as Joel said, michaelhyatt.com has a great tutorial on how to set up your blog if you want to just whip over to his website and take a look at that. Okay, Joel, so what's kind of next as we go on? We've, we've picked our name. We're ready to go. We've we've got some okay, we've been, in the kitty. We've been, yep. Yeah, we've installed our blog, and uh, one of the fun things you can do after you get the WordPress software uh, on there is to uh, see what kind of theme you like. Now, the themes are uh, add-on pieces of software that work with WordPress, and what they do is they change the way your blog looks. And they may add uh, different kinds of functions as well that weren't there originally. Now, you could start with the plain WordPress blog right out of the box. But uh, look around at the different themes, and you can find them either by Googling WordPress themes. But the best and safest way to do it is from inside your WordPress blog, where on the uh, menu option appearances, Appearance, you can find uh, themes, you can search for themes, and WordPress will install a couple automatically, and there's a lot of them. And if you stay inside there and search for themes in there, uh, you're more guaranteed that you're going to get a good piece of software. Now, that's exactly what I did, Judith. I found a theme I liked. I uh, installed it on my uh, WordPress site. It takes one click, basically, no kidding. And then the next thing I did, I, I customized it, and all I did but to customize it was I made up a little JPEG graphic that said the book designer, and it had my tagline in it. And then I just uploaded that so the top, the header on the blog had my, it was customized. That was the only customized thing I did, but at least it didn't look like everybody else's, and that was all I was aiming for. Because to be honest with you, Jude, I had no idea if this whole blogging thing was going to work. And I was ah. unwilling to put a lot of money into it or effort until I found out whether it was going to work for me. So I spent six months blogging on that kind of generic-looking, out-of-the-box blog site with my uh, silly custom header in it that I spent about 10 minutes doing. And that was fine. I wanted to prove it first before I spent any money. And so that's what I did. So... You can mess around with a theme uh, and then customize it by customizing the header. Usually that's a very simple operation and, uh, you know, it won't take you long. 
and then you're ready to get started. So should you invite people over to see your new blog now? No, you have nothing to read. You have to have something there. So my next step for new bloggers, particularly nonfiction authors, is to sit down and create a set of foundation articles. Okay, these are foundation posts. Okay, Joel, what the heck are you talking about? What's a foundation post? These are going to be the pillar. Some people call it pillar content because it's really going to form the foundation structure of your blog for maybe a very long time. So you want to think about it carefully. The first thing you want to do is set up your categories. Categories are really important because they help you to organize the stuff you're going to post on your blog. And my best advice is if you were, if you're an author and you were going to write a book on this subject, you know, write the table of contents and maybe you'll have 10 or 12 chapters. Okay. Those are your categories. And that, that's going to last you for a long time. You may need to add some later, but that is the basis of how you set up the categories on your WordPress blog. Then you want to start creating pillar content. Now, think about uh, what you're an expert at, because partly what we're doing here is um, kind of, you know, making our expertise apparent to our readers. You have to publish in order to do that. You have to show that you really know whatever it is you're writing about. So, uh, and that's been my experience. So I started writing articles about the basics of book design. I started writing articles about my background in book design and uh, just very foundational things, glossaries. What do these words mean that I'm going to be using in the articles I will be writing? You know, what are the different kinds of printing there are, for instance? That's a very basic foundational thing. If you don't understand the difference between digital printing and let's say offset printing, and that there are different ways to get your book printed, you know, that's, that's a foundational thing that you have to know. Now, one of the reasons we do this is because this foundational content, if you think about it, is going to contain all of the key words and phrases that we're going to be writing about from now on, uh, many of them. Not only that, we're establishing a set of uh, uh, articles to which we're going to be linking back over the years. So, for instance, when I write an article today in 2016, and I want to explain, uh, make a remark about book distribution, which is a very foundational idea in uh, book publishing, I always link back to my articles that I wrote in 2010 on how book distribution works. That's a foundation or pillar article. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you see, my blog is still built on those articles I wrote way back in 2009, 2010, when I was doing what we're talking about right now. So that would be my next step, Judith. And, and then, you know, what with the foundation articles is that it gives you the opportunity, because they're the core, to go back and revisit those, because they do need to be updated. I mean, their their revisions, as you, distribution has, for example, has changed dramatically in the last 10 years for books today. Absolutely. And that's, so, uh, you know, and it's great to uh, update old articles, because it makes them new again, and you could actually republish them, if you like. I do. And there are some... Tricky yep. ways to do that because you have to redirect the old article to the new article, but it's not really that hard. 
So well, uh, and I, yeah, I and there's sometimes that. that you want it, you know, it to supersede it, and you decide on that. But I know I just redid a whole revamping on predators here in the last week, mm-hmm. actually, on one of my blogs, and went through and revisited the red flags again and some recurrent things, and that usually is triggered by a, a call or a panic email I get from someone who has been duped once again. <laughs> I think, oh my Ouch. God, why don't you people Ouch. do your homework? You know, I go through that. Oh yeah, well, uh, Judith, you and I are basically in the same business, and that is educating authors. So that's that's the lament of the educator. I told you about that. Didn't you listen? <laughs> yeah. or, or didn't you do your Google search and find something here? <laughs> yeah. So, so the the idea is that you're you're setting up something that's going to actually be welcoming to visitors. I mean, you're going to have stuff stuff for them to read. You're going to create an about me page that isn't about you. And we could talk about that if you like, because, I mean, if you think about it, setting up a blog, we're going to try to demonstrate our expertise. We're going to try to build authority. Uh, the bloggers who succeed seem to be the ones who have who can establish their authority and also their trustworthiness and also their likability. So authority, trust, likability. If you think about it, that's probably what makes you want to go back to somebody's site that you enjoy reading. It's informative. They treat their readers well. They don't, you know, use mystifying language or stuff that the average person wouldn't understand. They reach out to you. So that's your model for creating your blog is to create an inviting site where people who don't know as much as you won't feel intimidated by their lack of knowledge. You'll feel encouraged because you're inspiring them and telling them that they can do it, too. And you're going mm-hmm. to show them how. Now, so, Joel, uh, I would love to have your feedback on, um, because, I mean, I've seen Michael Hyatt go back and forth. I've seen Jane Friedman go back and forth. On um, Do you, how much do you show of your blog? I mean, sometimes we, I mean, my latest blog to you is a long blog. Um, and that, how much do you show of the material before you cut it off to read more? Is there a formula for that? Or do you just lay uh, out the whole sucker? The infamous more tag... Okay, so in WordPress, we're able to drop in uh, a little, what's called the more tag. You know, really, you just put your cursor in there and you hit a button that says more, and that's it. And what that does for people who aren't familiar with writing WordPress blogs is that will stop the article and put in a little slug that says continue reading or click here to read the rest of the article or whatever you want it to say. That's what you're referring to, right, Judith? That is absolutely, yeah. All right, so where do you put the more tag? All right, well, a lot of people like the more tag because if you think about it, anybody reading your article is now going to hit two pages instead of one. If you're, if you're, if you're, if that's an important metric to you, you know, how many pages have been read on your blog this week, you could double it instantly by just sticking that more tag in there, can't you? Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't really care about that metric, and I don't know why you would, uh, unless you're having, you know, bragging contests with your buddies, uh, you know, then I would decide article by article. For instance, the front of my blog is really a digest. It isn't where you go to read a whole article. And that's something that you have to understand. In WordPress, we have a separate display for the land, the home page. Okay. And then there's a completely separate display for the single post 
uh, display. So if I click the title of an article, then it's going to open up the single post. It's only going to show me that article in its entirety on the screen right. all at once. That's but correct. on my homepage, I got a lot of stuff going on. I've got today's article. I've got the last five articles before that. I've got mm -hmm. other stuff going on, invitations to log in. So I want to keep it on my site. I want to keep it short. Okay, so I'll I don't drive all the rest of that content way. So you down want to the read more. Somewhere. So the read more goes in to take them in. So then it's the full enchilada and it's got the and full I attention. Put that on a long post, I'll put it about a third of the way through at a, and I always pick a pick a spot intentionally where I think that that's going to entice people to want to click that to keep reading. Like if I say somewhere in the article, now let's look at the three ways you might fail. I might put the more tag right after that sentence because, you know, when people read that, they want to find yes. out three ways. There's yes. this, you know, there's this unsatisfaction, otherwise known as a cliffhanger. So yeah. I, that's where <laughs> I put it. On a shorter article, I'll just put it somewhere around halfway. And if I have a really short article or something that I think is impactful, I, I might just post the whole thing. But 90% of the time, I'm using the more tag. Uh, to keep that article on the front page short enough so that my other content also shows. Great, perfect. Okay, so let's take another quick break, and then because my question I'm going to open up with. All right, so how do you keep the comments? Let's talk, let's let's talk about if it's appropriate at this time, the it, generating the comments and and showing that and how to do that. We're going to take another quick break. It's Joel Friedlander and blogging, and I'm Judith Bryles. You're listening to Author You, your guide to book publishing. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Since 1987, Colorhouse Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Colorhouse to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. 
everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we've got the blog set up. The infrastructure is kind of in place. And I'm, I'm hoping some of you oldies are picking up some tips here because I sure do every time I interact with Joel um, or just anything. I mean, I'm always looking for what nugget, what aha I can take away uh, for a variety of things. So with that, we're into, you know, doing, I asked the question of when do you use the read more, the more button uh, and insert it in. And Joel's given it a couple of tips on that. And then I kind of teased with a question, what about comments um, as we go along? So, Joel, what about comments? Oh, man, comments. You know, this is uh, uh, difficult terrain for many bloggers because a lot of bloggers just they're psychologically, they're so hooked into the blog, they live and die by the comments. I, I, it's not uncommon for me to get mail from authors saying, I need your help. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm posting these articles. I'm not getting any comments. So uh, there are you, now you need readers, obviously, to get comments. So I don't think there's a lot um, about comments outside of traffic because let's say 10 people read your article. Well, if about only one in 20 people comment, it's likely you're not going to get any. It's just a you know, kind of a crapshoot at that point. If one in, out of 20 people comment and you have 200 people reading, you're going to get a couple of comments. If you get 2,000 people reading it, you're going to be busy answering comments and you're going to feel satisfied and fulfilled. So traffic is number one on comments. Number two is actually asking for comments. And many bloggers haven't thought of this for some reason. But if you write an article uh, squarely aimed at your target market that's instructional or, uh, you know, or inspirational, at the end of the article, you could say, well, that's my story. What happened to you? Have you tried this? Let me know in the comments. Or you could say, now, that was a pretty complicated discussion. I hope I answered all the questions. But if you have any questions I didn't answer, please leave them in the comments. And you, you put that at the end. That's where people are. That's the most appropriate place for them to make a comment. And now you ask them to do it point blank. So mm -hmm. uh, you could even say, I need feedback on this. I would really appreciate it if you would leave me some feedback in the comments. So mm -hmm. that is called a call to action. Okay, you've been writing an article that's discursive. It's just uh, maybe informative, or it's a step-by-step -step on how to uh, put a header up on Facebook. I don't know. Whatever you write about. Now, at the end, we've switched, and we've become imperative. We ask people or tell them to leave something in the comments. So that's number two. If you don't include a call to action at the end of your post, don't be surprised if nobody takes an action. Number three is the articles you're writing. You know, and uh, I think Judith is going to relate to this because she's the expert on this topic, but if you're writing boring articles, <laughs> you're not going to get many comments. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, it has to wake people up. Now, mm -hmm. one of the best ways to do that, and if you really want to get comments, if you're serious about that, I'm going to recommend that you sit down and think of some very controversial issues in your area, your topic or whatever you're writing in, 
and start writing articles where you either go into the controversy or you take a stand on one side or the other. Another thing you can do is disagree with somebody who's very prominent in your field. Now, a lot of people, that's kind of scary to them, but these kind of articles will get comments if comments is what you want. So controversy, taking a strong opinion, disagreeing with somebody else, those are all things that will stimulate people to want to write and either tell you, wow, how right you are, or they're going to come on and tell you how wrong you are. So, you know, that, and you know, you a, that could be one of your call to actions. An act, a really great way to demonstrate your expertise. Sorry, Jim. And, and, no, don't be sorry. I interrupted you. That, that could be one of the call to actions. I mean, you could do your wrap up with this quasi, with your call to action and just really ask your readers, hey, am I off base here? You know, do you agree or disagree or do you have any add-ons to, to you know, what I'm thinking or, or exploring or feeling or experiencing or something? And it's amazing what they will jump in. Absolutely. And they will, and I've they will tell often. you if you're out to lunch. <laughs> it really works. And, yes, you can learn a lot from your readers. Here's the, one, of the, one of the rules of blogging. Rule, you have no idea who's reading your blog. I guarantee it. Unless people walk up to you in an event and say, wow, I just read that article you wrote and uh, it was great, or you were off base, you, you really don't know. And it can be very surprising when you find out the people who are reading your blog. I know I've had that. And uh, I've done all these things, uh, you know, talking about controversial subjects, asking people for their opinion, taking a stand, and this will generate comments. But the call to action itself is your best friend. Uh, for instance, I wrote an article years ago, five years ago, about um, a good place to find uh, free photos to use on your blog or in your book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a few places, and that's what I knew. So I wrote it up, and then I asked people, hey, if you know someplace else, could you please leave it in the comments? Well, Judith, my God, I mean, I got so many links and great places, and now whenever I send people that article, I say, don't forget to read the comments, because a lot of the content is in the comments. And they oh, knew, yes. my readers knew many places I didn't know. Yeah, which is always great fun. You know, Joe, I remember when I wrote an article for you about the princess author. Do you remember yeah. that? That blog I did, <laughs> yeah, that that created absolutely. all kinds of comments, and you know oh, yeah. some really absolutely right on. Agree. One woman took a horrible offense that I was being sexist, and yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was a princess. Yeah, I know, right? Well, no, who calls the prince author? I mean, prince is going to come in and kiss me and take me away, right? Princess is. Yes. I need my nails done. Okay, so. <laughs> It was it was fascinating the the feedback. You just keep plugging yep. away. That's the name of the game. Now you know. I mean, you another another thing to do is to invite controversial guests onto your blog and interview them or have them write an article about. You know, you don't have to sign up for everything they're saying, but let's say in fairness, if you're representing. Uh, a certain field or branch of study to your readers, why not bring in some uh, authors? Maybe you have slightly different opinions. You can absorb that. It'll make it'll just really add to your own authority in your field that you are hosting these people. Not only that, interviews on blogs, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but interviews, you know, a blog is a media site. And when you start blogging, you are actually a part of the media, a little tiny infinitesimal piece. 
But still, your blog is a media site. You could break news on your blog. That's really good for getting comments. Uh, you could do interviews with famous, informative, inspiring, or controversial people. And uh, one of the things that you'll gain from doing interviews is you'll get to know those people. You'll establish a personal relationship with somebody when you interview them. And then that could be very beneficial to you farther down the road when your books start coming out. Mm-hmm. And which is, it? I mean, you may have a book, you might want to a little push, you can reach out to them and ask. I mean, you've already got Absolutely. that going, um, which I think we all do with each other. And I and I always pick up little gems, as I said earlier, which I love um, that kind of thing. And then let me ask you this on on a hosting, having someone do whether you're interviewing them and you blatantly disagree. I mean, really blatantly think they're out to lunch or they're out to screw other authors or fill in the blank. That at what point do you interject that, Joel? What, what point yeah, do you now, let your I, opinion I've never, come out? I've never interviewed somebody who I thought was a ripoff artist because mm. I don't want to give them the attention on my well, site. See, I've got that's thousands my, of readers. Yeah. I'm not going to put them in front of my readers. Now, on the other hand, I interviewed Guy Kawasaki when he published his book, Ape, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. Judith, uh, as we right. remember, I've you had him out at yeah. Author You, and he... He's giving away books like uh, popcorn, and uh, I love that because Guy is really the master of the book launch. There's no denying that. Anyway, I interviewed him on my blog, and I disagreed with many things that were in his book. I raised some of those points during the interview to get his response because, you know, it's okay to disagree. Come on. There's nothing bad about disagreeing with people if you have some rational viewpoint. Now, here's what I did, Judith. After the interview was over and I still had Guy on the line, I said, you know, I want to I want to send you a document, a letter, an email with some of the errors I found in your book. I didn't do this on the air. I did it after the interview was over. And so he was intrigued because anybody would be. He put a lot of work and time and effort into APE, which stands for Author, Publisher, Entrepreneur. So we talked about some of the things that I thought were missing from his book. And you know what happened in the end, Judith? He turned around and asked me to write the section that was missing in the book, which I did. I wrote that section, and it's now included in the ebook version. If you download the AP book, you'll find my article in there about printing books by offset and why that's really important for self-publishers to know. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the other thing. I mean, I know Guy well. That Guy didn't write most of that book in the first place. Sean did. And so when you have the person who, this is often in collaborative ventures, that they they understand it, they get the scope of it, but they don't know the nitty-gritty because they haven't experienced that nitty-gritty of actually um, implementing it. So, therefore, it's not in their realm. And so what you did is you brought that together so he got that. And actually, with Guy, who's been publishing with New York for a gazillion years, he should know about offset printing. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here, it, it, what interested me about the omissions in the book, because there was another big topic that was omitted, mm-hmm. which a friend of mine ended up writing a section for that was added to the book, and that was Alan Rinsler, who wrote a whole section on developmental editing, because they had just kind of skipped that step. Oh, yeah. Uh, And the reason that these omissions 
happened, Judith, is because of a much larger subject in the indie publishing world. I don't blame Guy or Sean or anybody else, but the fact of the matter is they were focused on a very small subset of self-publishing authors. And that's all they were considering, because that's all Sean's experience, I believe, really, that was the experience he had. Now, I get that, and a lot of people are publishing exactly that way. But, you know, like what happens, Judith, you're in a small pond, but somehow you think that's the whole ocean? Mm -hmm. You don't, and it never occurs to you. So there were many kinds of books that self-publishers can publish that are never talked about or hardly ever talked about in these kind of uh, uh, environments, like uh, the book Ape. So they were looking at e-books and print-on-demand paperbacks. And that was the entire world of book publishing for indie authors as far as they knew. Right. And and as you and I both know, that is just, that's, that's really not the major portion of it. It's part of it. No. It's part of the sea, but it's not the Big major part. portion. Right. We're going to take one final break with Joel Friedlander, <clears throat> and we'll be right back with far more on how you can embrace your blogging power and soar it. It's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. 
Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. So we've got it together. We've, you know, Joel and I, because we know each other well, we, it's easy for us to digress at times. But um, we're, we're on target here. It's really blogging power on how you can really soar. So it's the infrastructure, that core needs to be in place. Think about creating that tagline, which I think is really important for you all to have, to be able to say in 10 seconds or less what you are about. Um, and what your business is about, if that's what we're doing or what the book is about, but have that tag in place, do a little customization and put it together and then create that pillar content, that core content that is who your, what your blog is about. So people can always come back to that and you can keep building on it and then revisit it and morph it um, and bring it up current uh, at any one time. And, you know, sometimes look at Joel writes a lot and, and I write a lot and sometimes we get pooped. So sometimes going back to some of our old stuff, think, oh, God, this was good good works and you can back and revisit and also the idea of disagreeing or find something controversial and then use that as a leapfrog is always powerful so those are some of the things that we've covered in this last 40 minutes or so as we've gone along yep All right. and uh, another one that's uh, really a favorite of uh, mine and also Joan Stewart our publicity mm-hmm. expert friend Mm-hmm. is what we call newsjacking. Oh, yeah, so I love newsjacking. A few weeks ago, I wrote a post, and the headline was Brexit, Twilight of the Experts, with a question Oh, I mark. loved that. Oh, I got yep. a ton of attention on that post because I published it the day after the Brexit vote. And, uh, you know, I did it years ago. What can independent authors learn from Downton Abbey? I published that when there was just a frenzy about Downton Abbey going on. And, uh, you know, it got a lot of attention. So you could do that. I want to talk something a, a little bit before we wrap up here, Judith. I've got three things that I think are important for this stage of your blogging journey because we've really been talking about steps, first steps, the first step, setting up your blog, all that stuff. Now, Judith mentioned a tagline, and I just want to say one thing about that. I spent hours working on the tagline for my blog. It's kind of like writing a subtitle for your book only it's going to probably last longer, unfortunately. So the tagline, and my tagline is extremely simple, practical advice to help build better books. So it's not that many words, but it took me hours to do it. What you want to do is encapsulate there what it is that your readers are coming to this site for. Why would they bother coming? In this, in this tagline, I tell them, you come because you're going to get practical advice to help help you make better books, period. So that's that's actually pretty important. Uh, now, we talked about foundation posts. I also want to talk a little bit about blog marketing because 
how do you get those people? Mm -hmm. And this is a big subject, too big for this talk. But I wanted to make the point that uh, all visitors come to your blog uh, in uh, one of three ways. Either they're searching for a topic and your blog comes up as a good resource to answer that question, or they type your actual domain name into the bar, like I'm typing thebookdesigner.com and hit enter, or they come by a link on somebody else's site. So that's the part I want you to think about, those links. What would cause a person to link to your site? Why would they want to send their readers to you? Uh, and why, why do people do that? And the reason they do that, and, uh, and it's a really good practice to link to people's sites, is because they consider that you have something important to say, or you're going to clarify. Like, in this talk, I link to Michael Hyatt's site. Now, mm -hmm. I don't own that site. Any advantage from people going there is going to accrue to Michael Hyatt, not me. But I know that is the best resource I know to answer that specific question. How to set up a WordPress blog in 15 minutes? There's the guy with the answer. That's why people link to me. If you're wondering what font to use in your book, I guarantee you 99 out of 100 people are going to link to my site because I've written about them. And they want to provide that resource, that answer to their readers. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. I'm not an expert in setting up WordPress blogs, but Michael is, so I just link to him. So the links that we can uh, acquire from other people by being an authoritative resource an engaging resource, an entertaining, trustworthy, and likable resource, those links represent the future of your blog. And if you can find a way, uh, you know, like, look, if you write a guest article for somebody, you can link back to your blog. If you publish something that has your biography on the bottom with a link back to your blog, that's a link. If you can get other people to link to you because you're authoritative, likable, and trustworthy, that's great. So over, over time, let's say the first six months of your blog, you're going to be working on building up these links coming back to your blog. And that's by thinking about the needs of your readers and answering them in an entertaining and authoritative way. And, and that kind of is a oh, – it's a bottom line here um, on that because it all ties into, you know, what you say, what, certainly what Joan Stewart says and, and um, who will also be at the extravaganza, uh, but also the expertise need because your blog shouts out expertise of whatever you are pushing out. And it's the reinforcement of what you're trying to do. And I think, Joel, what happens here is that it, it, the, the impatient factor comes into play. That, and we, we, you know, in our instant replay uh, environment, in our we want it all right now, you know, instant satisfaction, yeah. is that well, we need to understand it takes time. You can be an overnight sensation if you put in enough work beforehand. Oh, you know, years ago, I had a uh, I had a book that was turned down by every major. It's when I only published with New York, every major publisher, 28. You know, I saved them for a while and I finally got rid of all of them. But the rejections, 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 rejections. And I finally went with a very small, dinky press. Well, that little, you know, and I learned how to do the publicity and got behind it. And that silly thing went from everything. It wasn't silly. 
Kelly. It was major. And it was a pioneering work on how and why women undermine other women. That went from everywhere from the Wall Street Journal to the National Enquirer, from everywhere from CNN to the local news, to a even a four-page spread in People magazine as one of its cover stories. And I all learned how to pitch that. And I someone came back to me, and this big speaking bureau says, oh, and they said, oh, Judith, I see you finally an overnight success. Do you know how many freaking years <laughs> it took to put that together? <laughs> yeah. You too could be an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, you too can be an overnight success. <laughs> yeah. But it takes work. And that's what Joel's saying. This is not so those of you who are saying, but I don't have any followers. Well, have you you know, what are you doing to set it up? What are you selling from your expertise? Go find them. You're, you're, Nobody you have them. to go find them. Now we have to go out and search them. You've got to invite you know, people in. Give them a reason to come. Readers. Other bloggers have those readers. So they've already done what you're trying to do successfully. Maybe you should spend some time seeing what they do and how they do it. Sign up for everything they do. Pay attention to their posts. See how they relate to their readers. Start an email opt-in. And uh, I should have mentioned that 30 minutes ago, but when you do set up your mm -hmm. site, you're definitely going to want to get an account with a mailing uh, service provider, and that might be somebody like MailChimp, who I use, or AWeber, who I also use. There are a lot of them out there. And you're going to want to have an email opt-in on your blog from day one. Now, let's face it, you're not going to have any visitors on day one except you. We both know that. But, you know, on day two, somebody might drop by. On day 10, you know, you're finished setting it up, you're doing something else, but people might start trickling in and you want to have an opportunity to know who those people are and engage with them so you have ways to help them and their search even better by knowing who they are and knowing what their concerns are. So uh, we can't go into that whole subject now, but you should be thinking about ways that you can um, interest people in signing up to be on your email list or to get your blog updates because subscribers are uh, infinitely more valuable to you and your future as an author than just readers. And readers are really important. So and it is, I have to tell you, well, it is stunning to me how so many authors are reluctant, and reluctant is the right word, reluctant to ask for names and emails when they're in front of people and in person and in signings, as well as uh, from their website. Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, that's something to get over. That would be my would be my yeah, estimation. That's right. That, that, but, uh, get you know, over it. If you're get if you're it. taking the time and trouble to do this blogging thing, and if you're a nonfiction author, I I just can't encourage you enough. I I really think at this point it's almost required. But if you're a nonfiction author hoping to spread your expertise, interest more people in your work help educate more people like Judith and I do, whatever it is, you know, you have to start to understand how the mechanics of this online marketing thing works. And this is going to work to your benefit. If I offer you something like a 24-page guide on independent publishing that I slaved over and highly designed with tons of resource links and really information that's going to help you as a new author, and I offer to give that to you for nothing. Don't you think that's going to help anyone who uh, says, yeah, I need that information and gives me their email address in exchange? I give them that 24-page PDF. 
listen, I get people writing to me every day telling me how much that helped them. So what's the downside? I don't see any downside. This is a definite win-win for both parties. It's a win-win-win, and you know, I my opt-in for my website on the Book Shepherd is I think it's twenty-four or twenty-six pages. I don't know what or PDF, but it's 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 the publishing must-haves. It's all the front matter stuff. Okay, this is how you go get your ISBNs. This is how you do your LCCN. This is how you do the CPI block. This is how you do the copyright page and full examples and and those links to go to. That's invaluable for anybody. Who's starting this That's process. a fantastic resource. And if you try to figure that stuff out yourself, how long is that going to take you? I mean, I Judith it. has published so many books. She's been in this business, you know, a long time. And she's gathered all this information together for you. I mean, that's a tremendous benefit to any author. And all you have to do is put your email address in, click the button, and it's it lands in your lap. And, I, I think that's and fantastic. snag it. Yeah, snake it. And with that, Joel, we're going to have to wrap up. So we will see you in just a few weeks in Denver at the Author You Extravaganza. Everyone, go to authoryouextravaganza.org and get registered. There's still a few slots left. We would love to have you in Denver in September. And Joel, we'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each week, a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take you, the author, to the next level. You'll learn tips and secrets on how to create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve book publishing success by making one very simple change in your book's journey. How to avoid the publishing predators. How to create an author and book platform that rocks. Learn how to make a living with your words and your books. Learn how to publish a book that has no regrets and so much more. For more information, check out AuthorU.org, where authors who want to be seriously successful go. And Judith's website, TheBookShepherd.com. Then join us again here next week for more. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Brought to you by Author You and the Book Shepherd. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.